from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to The Superiority Complex, everyone. Your new favorite podcast. It's the dawn of a new day here at the podcast. It's the dawn of a new day here in America. And I don't know if you can feel it. I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, but uh, it, what is it? what's that sound I'm hearing? Well, first of all, I'm hearing, still hearing Lady Gaga's rendition of the uh, national anthem ringing in my ears. Hello! John, would you describe that performance as Merman-esque? Merman-esque? <laughs> That's a new word, Merman-esque. Merman-esque, very, very, very reminiscent of uh, Ethel Merman. But uh, seriously, folks, uh, we we have to have a new, we have have to have a new sign-off now. It's uh, we we've been saying fight the power for four years, and I don't know how to feel now. I feel relieved. I feel uh, relaxed. I don't know if we're done yet. Uh, No, 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 no. But it'll be it'll help not having the negativity coming from the top all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? It'll help. Are we the, not are we the top, top, or is it the other top? What? Uh, no, are we the no top? matter how, no matter how crazy it is, it's got to be better than in the last four years. <laughs> it's a every, low bar, you know. Yeah, it's a low bar. And if, everything when you hit rock bottom, everything everything is up. Everything you bounce up. Everything onward and upward. Right? There's nowhere to yep. go. There's nowhere to go but up. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Patrick, onward and outward. Uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick, you seem to think we're gonna—it's gonna get worse. No, no, no. I just think we have a lot of work to do. Oh, definitely. Well, you know, you not so much, but uh, no, no, I have a lot of work to look, do. Look, Patrick, you're you're right in the you wheel. Know, it's encouraging. He's uh, he's like signing seventeen executive orders. They say usually the incoming president signs like maybe two. On his inauguration day, he's all no, no, no. We got work to do. Yeah, he's, uh, here's hoping, here's hoping. But yeah, it's yeah. just it's just going to be nice not to have to hear what's his face. I don't want to have to see his face. I don't have to hear him talk. I don't have to hear just the bleh, the bleh, the bleh, just constantly. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. And I, you know, can, I can't. You I don't can't, need to cover him. I yeah, I can't stress this enough. I. Could not stand the guy before he ever decided to run for president. Could not stand him. Couldn't stand to hear him talk. Couldn't stand to look at him. And then a bunch of people thought it'd be a good idea for him to run for president. And he did. And they voted for him. And you know what? We tried it out, and it didn't work out, and we're done. So John's right. Let's not have to ever hear from him again. I was, when you were in the room, I was saying uh, to the rest of them, that would be, would be nice if... Uh, there's a chance for them to fix it so he can never run for office again. I hope they really work on that. There's like two ways they can fix it so he can never run for office again. And that means anything. Governor, mayor, dog catcher. So I really hope they work on that the next couple of weeks. <laughs> well, we'll see. Nice. We'll see. There, We're already seeing, uh, you know, most of these people up, up in the... Uh, up in the higher echelon of the Republican Party are already calling for unity, which basically is code for, hey, let's just pretend like we haven't been dicks for the last four years and move on. Please nobody remind us of what we've done the last four years or how we've sold the American people out. Uh, yeah, you know, I know they I know they did a lot, but you know what? We just need to forgive and forget mm-hmm. and just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Please, mm-hmm. please, please, 
don't, uh, please, please, please don't bring up the fact of how horrible I've been the last four years. Uh, by the way, I my, don't like where this is going. No. My favorite thing uh, today was reading about all the QAnon people who uh, realized that it, that aha moment they were waiting for uh, didn't happen, and uh, <laughs> a lot of them I, they they were quoting some people were you know disillusioned, and some people were going to a new there were new conspiracy theories coming out, and then other people were just like, oh my god, I can't believe this this happened. I can't believe we've been had. Um, listen, guys. Uh, there's got to be someone in a multi-level marketing scheme somewhere, uh, Arbon or what have you, that are just ready, willing, and able to lead these people where they want to go to an exciting new business opportunity, to ex- to to uh, uh, an exciting new opportunity to be their own boss and start mm-hmm. their own journey and do whatever they want to do. So, hey, all you MLM people, get out there because there's a whole segment of the population that's just ready for you to lead them. To where they need to go, so just get out there, guys. Maybe they could, maybe they could sell Amway. Yeah, so I'm saying, get off my Facebook feed. Stop trying to sell me the vitamins, and uh, go hit these people up. All right, because uh, they're they're aching for it. They're, they just want to be led, and uh, you guys could probably make a little make a little cash. And you know, you're helping people out, as you like to say, you're helping people out and starting them on their journey and whatever other uh, cult like. Uh, phrases you guys use in those lunches you take people to john uh, listen i want to talk to you can i can i take you to lunch can i maybe t- talk to you? i want to talk to you about an opportunity do you have two hours maybe yeah. we can sit down and have lunch yeah how does that sound and i got a and we got a wash tub full of kool-aid here you want to drink some of that <laughs> and don't forget you got to pay to get licensed to join that's right that's, that's right. right it's going to cost you five hundred dollars john but the 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 opportunities the the opportunity to make money it's limitless all right but i'm going to need a thousand dollars up front, but the return, right. and then you get five people under you, and then it's gonna that's be five thousand dollars. Yeah, those people are making money for you, John, while you just sit mm-hmm. there. You know what I'm saying? Justine, are you in on any of this? Does this sound good? Yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> really, it, it's an exciting uh, opportunity for you to make some and drink a healthy, nutritious shake. Remember when uh, Tommy Lasorda was doing those uh, Slim Fast commercials? Yes. You go, you drink one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and a wheelbarrow full of pasta in the <laughs> Just clog up your pipes. Uh, right. speaking, of, speaking of Tommy Lasorda, they laid him to rest uh, yesterday. And yesterday we lost the great uh, Don Sutton, who was with the Dodgers for many, many years. Great picture, Don Sutton. So he's up in the, uh, he's up with Tommy in, the, in, in, in Blue Heaven. Uh, talking to the great Dodger in the sky, the big Dodger in the sky. So. That's right. Uh, Didn't Tommy Lasorda say he wanted to be buried under the uh, the pitching the pitcher's mound in Dodger Stadium? <laughs> he did not say that. They did bury him in Rose Hills, though. They did bury him in Rose Hills. So he's really? yeah, he's in really. So next time I go, so see we can him, go. Yeah, we can go visit him. Next time I go visit my dad, I'm going to swing by Tommy's place and say hello. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, it was. It's a been. It's an interesting day. Uh, the inauguration, I can't even say the word, the inauguration was this morning. I wanted to go to bed early last night because I knew because of the time difference when I woke up, Trump would be gone. And sure enough, I woke up and he had already left the White House. He left about an yep. hour before the inauguration. He was on the he's, plane. He's, uh, he slithered out. Yeah, he sl- he yeah. slinked out. Not before, uh, not before pardoning Steve Bannon. 
who, by the way, what was yeah. Steve Bannon in trouble for? Steve Bannon was in trouble for bilking Trump followers out of money to build the wall. And if and like they caught him with the money in his pockets on a boat somewhere. And so it's amazing. So he's pardoned. That's if, so that's if, the, the if that doesn't <laughs> let you know where what he thinks of his followers or the people that yeah, put him in power. Yeah. yeah, but they don't see it. Are you kidding me? You mm. couldn't convince him. You couldn't convince them they were built out of the money, you know? Ah, good times. These are the so. good times. Yeah, but you're right, John. I saw some of the some of the, the the things he has coming down the pike and it's uh you know, it's immigration reform and it's uh uh you know, lifting the Muslim ban and doing all kinds of stuff that basically reversing the last four years of the Trump administration. So Anything he can do by executive order, he's going to do. Anything that Trump did by executive order, he's going to undo, you know? I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, so, uh, you know, and you'll finally have a president that's, uh, you know, going to look at the, putting all his energy into trying to do something about the uh, the uh, COVID, you know, try to speed up the vaccines. Yeah. Get something going. Well, that was at one of the. He uh, is working on it, you know. That was one of the last, aside from the insurrection, that was one of the last big. Uh, uh, noteworthy uh, news events that came out of last week was uh, it turned out that uh, you know this big reserve they had already doled out most of it. So the states yeah. that were waiting for this big reserve of, of vaccines to be released, there was nothing. It was there was nothing there. Not so um, luckily, I read today that in California, uh, it looks like the at least the positivity rate is starting to slow down. After the surge, and that makes sense. We're about uh, two weeks away from Christmas, which was the last big super spreader event, unless you count Garth Brooks today at the inauguration, as John pointed out before the show. Hey, uh, but Hey-o. we'll see. Uh, you know, it's I want to be optimistic, but of course, we're in very, very dark times at the moment. You know, uh, with no COVID kidding. and with a lot of stuff. But uh, you know, here's hoping at least somebody's working on it. At least, at the very least, somebody's working on it. So uh, that that gives me a little bit of hope. Um, are you guys good? You guys, are, what's what's your mood today after seeing that, uh, Jake? What? How were you this morning? Did you get up and catch all the uh, the activities? Nope. No, you, you slept I in. Woke up. Yeah, I slept in. Yeah, it was nice, peaceful. Didn't didn't want to maybe participate in some history. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. right here from you guys so i didn't i didn't justine uh justine sent me a text and i kind of made fun of her for it where she said hey i'm watching the inauguration and i haven't watched the movies yet but justine i can't be mad about that i mean obviously you want to you wanted to catch this historic moment so what were your thoughts oh michelle was beautiful yeah did you see her yes yeah Dude, it was just a whole show of coats it was nice. It looked cool. Yeah. It was like, look at her coat. Look at her coat. Yeah. Who's this girl in her coat? Boy, just, I'll tell you something about fun. the about the Obamas. And you said, Michelle, boy, do they look stately is the word. Stately. They look How like. How happy were you to see them? Dude, she killed it. Her outfit was, ooh. And Bruh. her color. Yeah, the, the as soon as co- she came out, I was like, damn, Michelle. Looking good. I miss her. Uh, I'm not gonna. But, t- I'm gonna tell you guys something truthful. I saw George W. and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was excited yeah. to see George yeah, W. Yeah, you were happy. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's, I was fucking happy yeah. to see him too. I was like, fuck, it's George W. Bush. Thank God. That's how terrible this last four years have been. It made me happy to see George W. Bush. And he's never been happier because he's no longer bottom of the barrel. You know? Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's moved up. He's moved up. Got, he's looking uh, good. The history books are going to be very got, kind. <laughs> yeah. He got, he got de-bottomized by, by Trump. Yeah, he's he's basically he's basically uh, Pete Rose now that the Astros uh, came out with their shit. <laughs> Pete Rose is like, see, not so bad now, huh? Right, right. But whistling a happy tune. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, it, it was cool. I mean, it was unfortunate that President Carter, obviously, you know, almost a hundred years old. Uh, could not attend for health reasons, but you got to see, you know, the Clintons and you got to see the Obamas and the and and the Bushes just kind of hanging out and being presidential. And it reminded you of something that you hadn't thought of in four years. It's like, wow, there were competent or semi-competent people in this uh, position at one time. Wow, society can be civil. Justine, it's any- been four long years. You forget what it's like just to have somebody stand up there and make sense. You know, mm-hmm. just <laughs> you know, to just be civil and not just like chewing up the furniture and pissing on the carpet. You know? Yeah, exactly. Justine, any <laughs> other thoughts aside from? The, um, the- I'm pretty sure before Trump left, he probably licked everything, coughed on everything, <laughs> trashed the place, didn't get his cleaning service fee back. Uh, he's not going to get his... What is that? Your first deposit? Or He's gonna get a safety uh, as uh, his security deposit. As yeah, his security deposit's gone. I'm as, sure he took that phone and was like, Ugh, and oh. then set it back down. As uh, Murray Valeriano, comedian Murray Valeriano, and and co-host of Rock Solid said, uh, ten bucks. Uh, Trump left an upper decker in the toilet at the White House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. How do you get the orange ring out of the bathtub? Is what I want to know. Yeah, you gotta yeah. Take, you don't. take it all out. Uh, Patrick, how did you feel on this historic morning? Uh, a sigh of relief. Yeah, I just less stress. Let's be honest. I mean, there was still stress watching it because. Um, I know most people probably thought he was going to get assassinated. Yeah, right. you didn't know what the yeah. There was definitely an element of danger, you know. And of course, uh, there was a, a huge show of force by the military. The National Guard was out there, and apparently, the FBI vetted a couple of people, and they they were taken off duty uh, to be on twelve. Duty. Was it 12, twelve altogether? Taken off. <laughs> wow! Christ. They weren't taking any That's chances. Crazy. They really are doubling down. So. They were checking everything, old posts, tattoos. You know, they just went back and said, we can't have somebody who's just waiting, you know. Wow. But uh, thankfully, uh, it all went off without a hitch. And, uh, and you know, it, it, you know the calls for unity. And, uh, I, you know, his speech was very simple, but I did like that he, he stressed it. He's like, look, I'm going to be a president to all Americans, which I feel like has been sorely lacking uh, the, you know, when, when people said that it started out as kind of a thing where people go, well, Trump's not my president. It's kind of a protest thing, but it really felt like Trump wasn't everyone's president. He definitely was not looking out for the best interests of the entire country. And so hopefully we'll get back to that. Uh, that's something that we'll, we'll get back under, under Joe Biden. 
Uh, so please, you know, let's please. Yeah, of, co- of course, you know, for a lot of people, he wasn't their first choice, but I feel like he's our rebound. You know, we just got out of a bad relationship. And uh, as somebody I know put it, he's not the best looking guy, but it's closing time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you know what the best say? thing to come out of. Oh, go ahead, John. No, I'm just going to say most people that have been around Washington says nobody knows more about how the White House and the Senate works than Joe Biden. He's, he's yeah. been there 30 years. He knows the ins and outs. They said you couldn't ask for a more knowledgeable person. So, you know, you could have been a lot worse. Yeah, for sure. You know? He does know and he does. I think he was respected when he was a senator. And uh, I think he knows a lot of those guys from way back. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he has his work cut out for him, but, uh, you know, he knows how to get things done and he knows how to make a deal. And hopefully that will, you know, that will will be to his benefit uh, in the coming uh, term. So, and then it was just exciting to see, uh, let's talk about Kamala Harris getting uh, the first female vice president, historic moment. Um, to me, that was another thing that I was just like, wow, I, you know, here's something I've never, I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, you know female because how many times john have we seen you know geraldine ferraro and somebody you know or hillary clinton run for president and it just you know they get rebuffed or they get voted down like in a landslide and and biden said a hundred years ago they were beating up suffragettes because they wanted to get the vote i mean that's only like a hundred years ago yeah yeah so uh i i was uh definitely an air of relief and elation um Knowing it's gotta be, it's yeah. gotta be. But again, like Patrick did point out, there's a lot that we still have to work on, and obviously, the last four years have exposed some some deep, deep seated stuff that I think a lot of people were either unaware of or naive about. And uh, so, hopefully, this is a this or is complicit or complicit. Also, that's another option. Now they know. Yeah. Now they know. And hopefully, the alternative. We- would have been horrific. The alternative to him losing, <laughs> you know, the alternative to him winning would have been horrific. So yeah, because he had nothing to lose at that point. He's he was in for a second term, so there was nothing holding him back. Yeah. You know, yeah. At least he was always he always kind of had his eye on reelection. You know, of course that's why he let COVID go, but uh, but he always had that eye on reelection. And uh, you know, the best thing you can say about him is that he's a loser now. So it's it's the, the it's the last <laughs> thing he wanted. So good. Um, good. Anyway, guys. Remember what he said about, uh, he said about Carter and Bush, you know, he's because they only got one term. Well, guess what? Welcome to the club. Yeah, there you go. One termer. You're a one termer. One termer. That's it. One and done. One and done. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. That's it. Don't let the the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. What were you going to say, Patrick? Uh... I don't, oh, I was saying probably the best thing to come out of it was seeing Bernie sitting in that chair all grumpy and cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a wonderful image, just how, like, we could have done this by email. Yeah, yeah, right. We could have. We could have. Oh, my zoomed. God. Did you see all the memes already that they made of that? Mm hmm. So funny. Somebody put him in the, uh, in a, somebody had him sitting there with like one of the Mexican blankets, you know, like with like the, the, <laughs> it was really funny. Like one of the, I think it was the Virgen de, de Guadalupe. Like just, it was great. Uh, but yeah. that one that said, I'm not going to fucking smile till freaking tuitions are paid for and universal health care is a thing. Let's, let's hope so. And his suit is like all just chill. He's just not even wearing like he, an expensive suit. Yeah, he just rode the, the train there. He, you know how Bernie Sanders is. 
probably hitchhiked. Yeah, oh yeah. He probably hitchhiked there. To, but he only hitchhiked in like a Prius. He would only do I like. like I, <laughs> <laughs> I only want to be in an electric car. Uh, guys, did anyone catch? We're going to switch gears real quick. Did anyone catch a uh, WandaVision? Did anyone catch the first two episodes now uh, yes. streaming on? Um, uh, you do uh, Patrick and Justin Johnny. Have you heard about this? The WandaVision show? Yeah, boy, it looks it looks good, huh? Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it with some no spoilers. We'll try to keep it spoiler free. But well, Patrick and, and Justine, what did you guys think? Ladies first. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> oh, you're all choked ahead, up, Patrick. huh? Yeah. Is that good, huh? Oh. Um. I thought it was decent. Um, I think it was really nice to see them both on the screen again. They're really two good characters, both in uh, the Marvel Universe and the comics. Uh, actor and actress-wise, I think they're really well cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was nice to see. And it, there are some moments that make you laugh. Um, I like the whole magic bit. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they I, called that their Bewitched episode. Yes. I want more. I want more for sure. Like, uh, I I think that you know, twenty five minutes per episode is probably not long enough um, for what we're getting. And I don't know. I'm I'm a wait and see. I think it's too early to be like, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. The first episode is a parody of uh, Dick Van Dyke, and the second mm-hmm. episode is yeah. a parody of uh, Bewitched. Bewitched. And uh, yeah. J- John is going to crucify me for saying this, but neither of those were ever my favorite shows. So for me, I was bored. Uh, I, w- I never liked Bewitched. I always liked the Dick Van Dyke show. I was never crazy about Bewitched. But, yeah, um, I, I, I know I that. That would be fun. I, I know the Dick Van Dyke uh, show was a big favorite of yours. I, I can I appreciate it, but I could never really. As a kid, it used to bore me. So I just always was mm. like, Ugh, you know, I don't want to see this. So I wanna, adult. It is. It was. It I was. like Bewitched. I like the color episodes of Bewitched. It depends on the dick. <laughs> it really depends yeah, on like the when she's in her when she's in her bottle. I always thought that was super. That's cool, I dream of Jeannie. That. Oh, just kidding. I don't like Bewitched. <laughs> <laughs> that was I dream. I like when he got in his spaceship. No, that's my favorite Martian. I I did like <laughs> I dream of Jeannie better than Bewitched. I really did. You're not wrong there. Yeah. It's a little more zany. Well, she has that whole outfit. Well, that too. John, let me tell you. The, the, <laughs> let me tell you about the bewitch, though, John. The dick makes all the difference because I'll take Dick Sargent over Dick York. I know Dick York is everybody's uh, choice, the moon face, mm. but d- that's black and white, and I got to go color. So I got to go Dick Sargent. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Don't be mad at me, John. I know you're mad at me. I feel like And of course, the great Agnes Redd. Yes. She went from the Mercury Theater of the Air with Orson Welles to playing Endora. Endora, <laughs> yeah. The moon of Endora. Endora, uh, the, the queen of the witches. You know, it's funny, though. Uh, talking about what Patrick was, it was 20, the episodes, I think the first one was 30 minutes, maybe, Patrick? Yeah, and then like... 15 minutes of credits. But it felt really long still. And it was like they, they gave you really? a little they gave you a little bit about they gave Whoa. you a little bit about the greater because obviously this is all happening in Wanda's mind and some people my theory is it's the House of M storyline because now that now that uh, Marvel owns 20th or now that Disney owns 20th Century Fox, 
now you can add the X-Men in. And House of M is when she went nuts mm-hmm. and killed a bunch of the X-Men. And uh, that caused a rift between uh, the Avengers and the X-Men. Uh, I'm thinking it's maybe going to follow that. Where maybe, yeah. Scarlet Witch goes. Because obviously she's remembering a time when Vision was alive. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's remembering so much as I think she definitely has. I think he is. Canonically, she has the ability to do stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is alive, honestly. What frustrated me, and I'll tell you what, John, and you you didn't see it, but what frustrated me about these is that Scarlet Witch has all these powers. So maybe this is a reflection of what's going on outside of her hallucination or what outside of whatever world this is. Hmm. She should have been able to just make that meal like that. John, they do a they do a yeah. variation of the old trope like there's a mix up and I got to make dinner for my boss and now the boss is here and we got to come up with something quick or I'm going to get or my husband's going to get in trouble. They they did that that old sitcom trope. And uh, she couldn't make vision say Efficiency. I don't want you doing it with a snap of your fingers. I want you to make it like a real housewife. No, he does not. And that's what's frustrating because she should have been able to make it with a snap of her fingers. So I was like, well, yeah. is something going on outside? That is there a reason that her powers aren't working? That scene just frustrated me because I was like, this should have been one and done. You're a superhero, for God's <laughs> sake. You're the Scarlet Witch. Uh, uh, who played the nosy neighbor? I heard there was a nosy oh, neighbor. Like, oh, it's... um. Uh, 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 is it Catherine Hahn? Is that her name? I never yeah. remember her name. She is great. Yeah. She was the. Yeah, she was good. She was, <laughs> it's the woman who did the voice of um, of uh, Doctor Octavius in in Into the Spider Verse. She was the uh, uh, she was the alternate universe Doctor Octavius. She's in Step Brothers. Oh yeah, that's she's right. In um, Bad yeah. Moms. Yeah, Catherine she's Hahn. In yeah, she's in a bunch of movies. She's spot on. She's she was she's, she is great. I mean, there's some good stuff about it, but I just it, it, it moved to. Uh, you know what it is, John? I'm I'm spoiled because it's like put the whole thing out, and l- I don't want to wait till next week to see what happened. I want to see it now. Ah, so you well, can't you know, binge watch. You can't binge watch it because also too. You look at what you did with each episode with Mando, and. You felt like you got a lot more with that. Maybe it's just because it's Star Wars universe, but it felt more episodic. Whereas this feels like it's just a TV show. What? What you? I think we're running usually about an hour or forty-five or each episode is like thirty minutes. Yeah, but I think what you I think what you're alluding to, Patrick, is at least with the Mandalorian, you were getting glimpses of what the universe looked like after the Empire had fallen. So yeah. it was filling you in on stuff that you were always kind of curious about. Here, you're trying to piece together what they're doing there and why they're in this situation. And uh, and I think that's why. So, John, I think what it is is it's not so much that I'm impatient. It's that when you binge a show, you don't notice the, the warts as much because you can just – every season has a, a bad episode or two. But those episodes are magnified when you're only getting it once a week. So yeah. So next week is the like, Brady Bunch. It looks like the Brady Bunch, and then the week after that is Gilligan's Island. No, and then no. We'll do leave it to Beaver. No. What else? No, they're going seventies, eighties. So next week will be the seventies with 
with uh, Brady Bunch. It looks Brady Bunchish, and then eighties yeah. maybe. I don't know what they're gonna do, but uh, we'll see. Do one of these in black and white? Two, oh. both of them. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Justine, have you heard the theory, or Patrick, have you heard the theory that Geraldine is actually uh, 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 what's the what's her the girl's name in Captain Marvel? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So it's mm, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it Why? might be more alien than uh, uh, mystical. And who's trying to reach through? Who's trying to? Who's saying, "I'm here"? Pat, uh, Jake, you didn't watch it. No. Why not? I not yet. I just have. I don't know. I'll get to it. <laughs> I'll get to it. All right. Okay. Wow. Grumpy. Wow. You? Wow. I heard Jake today. Wow. Uh, yeah, guys, I'm like so far ahead in the movies. I'm already watching the James Bond movies we're going to see. So I just get impatient with with things when they don't move fast enough. I want it to move, John. Move. Uh, there is some great, uh, they do commercial breaks, and one of them is for a, a toaster that's made by the Stark Corporation. Yeah, oh, and then you get a Hydra Watch. And then a Hydra Watch by Varen Strucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's it's great. pretty cool. There were some nice little mm-hmm. allusions to the outside. I feel like once mm-hmm. we see the whole thing complete, uh, these episodes will probably look better, but I just, I wanted a little bit more. I wanted a little bit, you know? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Get it? I'm hopeful, but like, I, I just don't know. All right. That's it for one division. Are they funny like a are they funny like a sitcom or is it more like they're trapped in a sitcom? No, they 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 definitely play it like they're living out the sitcom. Mm. Interesting. There was an interesting uh, commentary on their beds, though. In one of the episodes, they're in separate beds, and then she they're scared, so she pushes the beds together with her mind and, and, and makes a. She was pregnant after that. Yeah. <laughs> Little little uh see that's why I think House of M because in House of M she thinks her babies are dead. And that's why she goes that's why she goes nuts. Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. But it was all spoiler. Spoiler. Who knows? Spoiler. All right. What else? Was there anything else that came out uh pop culture? I got I got a news update on uh on uh, Wonder Woman, uh, it's going to go off of HBO. I think next week. And Have you uh, finished it yet? No, I'm about <laughs> I'm about two thirds of the way through, and still not really. You're watching all? No, 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 no. The the movie Wonder Woman eighty four. You're two you're you're two thirds through the movie. Yes, sir. What happened? It's not good. How can you take three weeks to watch one movie? Because it's not great. <laughs> ah, it's that bad, huh? It's not good. I guess. Wow, three weeks to get through one movie. <laughs> you must be watching him in ten minute bites. Uh, I'm not on purpose. I f- I've fallen asleep uh, a couple of times. <laughs> wow, not a good sign. Not, not a, a good, good sign. sign. Not a good sign. I was disappointed I fell during the fight sequence. Dis- disappointed because I loved the first one. I really did. 
Mm. I love the first one. Uh, I, I, mm. It looks like it's going to be up to that Zack Snyder four-hour supercut of Justice League to uh, save the DC universe. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if it is savable. Oh, it's not. That movie's terrible, and nothing will ever make it good. Uh, is he adding like a half hour, 40 minutes of new footage? It's four hours, John. Wow. So he shot some new stuff too, right? I don't know. I think they went beyond putting stuff long. back. I think he shot some new stuff. There's nothing. There's no reason I want to visit that world for four hours. Are they putting the mustache mm-hmm. back in? The what? The what? Oh, the, the, mustache. the Superman mustache? That was the problem. They'll put the mustache back in. It'll be a lot better movie. That's what it is. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Superman should have a stash. I think they should give him a- Just let him have the stash. What? I mean, you <laughs> shouldn't have double booked him. <laughs> I think uh, part of the problem. I think you're right. I think you're right, Jake. They should just give him a a great big old Jerry Colonna mustache, like a walrus mustache. Oh yeah, he might as well. He could sing. It, it looks worse. What if in the Superman, if the in the four hour supercut, not only does he have the mustache, but he sings like Jerry Colonna too? What what about that? You are going to have to explain that to the kids because I don't understand it either, John. I got to, I got to understand the appeal. What is the appeal of Jerry Colonna? Uh, and is that where they got the Looney Tunes? Got something new has been added? Yes, they reference Jerry Colonna in about ten Looney Tunes. Yeah. Anytime they say "sticky," wasn't it? Or "ah, yes, something new's been added." That's all Jerry Colonna. And sometimes they even give him the bug eyes. Bugs Bunny will just straight out do an impression with the bug eyes and the big mustache and the crazy teeth. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you hear somebody saying that, like, ah, yes, that's they're doing Jerry Colonna. Wow. Which shows you how popular he was at the time. Maybe he's not so funny now, but he, maybe it's an acquired taste. But at the time, he was very popular. And he was like a second banana on the Bob Hope radio show. He was like the he, and, looked, uh, he looks like the Jim Carrey of, of that time. Yeah, we had a lot of catchphrases. It was like Saturday Night Live. He'd say something on the show, and then the next day they said everybody was was doing it. He had all these catchphrases. Hmm. And a lot of them were like non sequiturs. He didn't know what the hell he was talking about. They were just out of left field, you know? Like one of them you see in all cartoons, he goes, Greetings, Gates, you know? Like, what is that? <laughs> greetings, what? Uh, greetings, Gate. It's like, what does it mean? <laughs> Oh, gate is a is a jazz term. Ah, there you go. Well, it started as a as a jazz trombone, and you know, I was reading up on him. He was actually uh, on some of the Raymond Hot stuff. Wait, you're breaking up, John. and uh, I'm breaking up. Okay, you're fine now. You're okay. breaking up. No, John breaking was up? John was breaking up for a second. He's good now. He was uh, he was doing a Steve Austin. Uh, Oh, uh, you're breaking up with John. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's over. He likes Jerry Colonna. I, I, uh, I thought I thought you liked Jerry Colonna, alias the March Hare and uh, Casey at bat. Uh, John, let me tell you this about Jerry Colonna. Oh, I'll tell you what the origin of gate is. What does a gate do? John, what does a gate do? Opens and shuts. It opens and closes. Wait, John got it. What did you say, John? It swings. That's it. That's it. So if you called somebody gate, it meant they were swinging. He was a musician. He started as a trombonist with some jazz bands, 
at some point got on the Ben Crosby show and found out he could do comedy. Then he goes on the Bob Hope show for like 10 years. And whenever he, he'd go to the USO shows during the war, that's the first guy he wanted to take with him. He'd say, okay, a couple pretty girls, but I got to have Dick alone with me because he's so out there, you know, just zany. He's crazy. I love it. And him. evidently he was really, he was really crazy off stage too. He really is one of these guys that you wanted around. It was more fun if he was around. So, uh, his name in the movie was Achilles Bombasa. Isn't that great? Mm, that's what a name. great name. Achilles Bombasa. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about it. We're, we're here. We're, we're at the threshold of the Digital Movie Club. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, and uh, I forgot what we used as the theme last week. Uh, what did we use last week? We switched it. I don't to, remember. It was something different. We switched it up. I forgot what we did. It's it okay. was Babaloo. No, Justine knows and she won't tell us. No, it's fine. Yeah. Justine, no, what good. was it? I don't remember. What it's was weird. it? Oh, that's right. Movies, movies, movies that you like because they're digital on demand. We like digital movies. Yeah, that's our digital movie. Movies are forever, forever, forever. Movies are forever. <laughs> Digital movies. He loves gold. <laughs> Let's live and let it die. Whoa! Hey. Whoa. Justine, you oh, keep you. Uh, you don't have a hey, phone. Justine, never say never. Yeah. Never say never, Justine. It's quite yeah. a view. To, to a, a kill. kill. <laughs> kill. <laughs> Cowbell. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, it's the Digital Movie Club. Uh, every week we are plowing through my digital movie collection. I uh, actually added one of these movies because I know uh, John is a big fan. So I, a couple of, no, a few months ago, the road, a couple of the road pictures were $4.99 on the um, old uh, Voodoo. So I picked up uh, Road to Singapore, which is the original road movie, Bing Crosby, Bob Hope. And then also in today's double feature, uh, 1939 classic called Gunga Din, which is where Steven Spielberg got a lot of the inspiration for a little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Lost Crusade. Uh, and Last Crusade. Of Arabia. And uh, so... And Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. And <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. <laughs> Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> uh, you know what I just watched, John, that we, we're not going to cover... But it's sort of a of a not a sequel, but it's in the same vein. Was I just saw the man who would be king, and I hadn't seen that movie in years. It was a favorite of my yeah. la- favorite of my late uncles. But Sean Connery and Michael Caine in another Rudyard Kipling story, and uh, yeah, did not realize that that was Michael Caine's wife as the uh, the woman at the end that kind of exposes. Sean Connery to not as, as a as a fraud there at the end. That's uh, oh, is that right? That's Michael Caine's wow. wife. Yeah, she was uh, about that. Yeah, she's from British Guiana and Indian by descent, and uh, beautiful, beautiful. And they're still married. There was his wife at the time, and there she's in there. It's a fantastic movie. If you ever get a chance to see it? It's just great to see Michael Caine and Sean Connery having fun. It's post James Bond, Sean yeah. Connery, and they yeah. they make a great team. They make a really good team. It- it proves that he can he can be more than just James Bond. Yeah, 
really good, really good uh, movie there. And uh, all right, guys, and that was directed by the great John Huston, of course, who did uh, uh, yeah. one, one of our favorites, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. But this week we're gonna li- we're gonna talk about uh, Gunga Din and Road to Singapore. Let's go ahead and we'll do it in uh, in uh, in chronological order. So, Patrick, why don't you kick us off with some fun facts about Gunga Din or Gunga Din? All right. Gunga Dean released in 1939, got a 7.3 on IMDb, a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes, released February 17th, directed by one uh, George Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a budget, and that's it, with a budget of $1.9 million. All spent, no on, all spent on dynamite and blanks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, by the way, George Stevens, John, if I correct me if I'm wrong, is George Stevens the director of Shane? Yes. Okay. Just so we have some oh. just so we have some context for what's going on here. Stars Cary Grant. Everything at, everything after the war, his movies get more serious after the war. He was one of those directors that went overseas and saw some pretty crazy stuff. He was there when they uh, liberated the uh, concentration camp. So, uh uh, his movies were pretty lighthearted before the war. After the war, they get kind of serious. So you get like Giant, Shane, and uh, Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this also stars uh, Joan Fontaine, who we recently just lost. Is that correct, John? She was, didn't we just lose her recently? Uh, we lost her sister, Olivia de Havilland. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I don't know when Joan Fontaine passed away. But uh, it stars uh, Cary Grant, Victor McLaughlin, who turns up in a lot of John Ford movies, and uh, and the great uh, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., the man of a hundred faces. Uh, <laughs> well, he only has have mustaches. He only has one face in this one, and that is, of course, of the face he has is, of course, of Cary Elways. Uh, he kind of reminds me of, of Cary Elways in this one. Uh, and vice versa. I, and he's got that cool pencil thin 1930s mustache. And uh, it, it, it only looks good on certain people, but it looks great on old Doug Fairbanks Jr. That's for sure. Um, so let's get into this. Uh, let's start with Patrick. Patrick, of course, what did you think of this, given your love of Indiana Jones? Um, it was an adventure story. Uh, I think... I think this movie's probably about 30 minutes too long. Okay. I think it suffers from uh, just being too long of a movie and kind of sucks uh, for that. Um, a little I didn't po- love it. A little pokey. It, yeah, it, it just kind of drug on, and I wasn't really, like, really invested in any of the characters to the point of, like, I can get through that. Um, the three guys were fun, and I like that they're all kind of unique individuals, and they're trying to get the well. One of them's trying to get the guy to stay with them, and then uh, the other's just trying to get out and get married. And so that was a nice little touch, but I didn't love it. It was okay. What? Do you, what? 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 Do you, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's go back. And here's what I need to remind you guys about certain things. Ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's all I'm going to say. So yeah. my question to you: Who do you think you are? <laughs> Jesus. Just kidding. Apparently the other 8%. I'm just kidding. Uh, so you're part of the 8%. Doesn't like this movie. So it drug on for I you. I say that. I, it was okay. It, it just... Do I think it deserves a 92? No. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, this is very much a... But it was okay. Stylistically, this is very much rooted in the 30s. So a lot of the direction, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of the comedy, a lot of that is very much of its time. Uh, but what you do get are great performances by, you know, Cary Grant, Victor... Everybody's doing... Yeah. They're giving great performances. But some yeah, of... Yeah, I mean... I- Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I think that with the the three of them, I think that probably the part that really bothered me is you look at, like, the first initial fight sequences and, like, they're constantly just overpowering anybody and everybody. Yeah. And <laughs> it's not believable. Like, they're there's soldiers. 10 guys in that room and one dude is just like, I'm just going to start throwing punches around wildly and I'll be fine. Uh, Patrick, I think you're missing one important part. One important they're point. soldiers. They're white, and they're fighting. I, that's, my, I, that's my point. That's what I think. Exactly. The fucking most part is and the they have to fix white. everything. You yeah. know, the other people in that room were privileged to have fought them. <laughs> to, have their, to have their asses kicked by the British Empire. I'm out. Uh, so, oh, you just you're solidifying my point about why this movie is so frustrating. Can we talk about? Uh, can we talk about whether it's normal or not? that you find Cary Grant so good-looking in this movie. Can we talk about that, Patrick? I mean, he's a good-looking dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's a good-looking dude. I don't I don't have uh, anything against the dude. He's pretty. I don't... I don't... I, but you know what? He's a... That's a, that. What, that's what always gets me about this movie is, like, you think... He's a little too pretty for, like, being a soldier. But he is, but then he can do all the rough-and-tumble stunts, which makes me hate mm-hmm. him even more. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he, he was, yeah. like, a circus acrobat before he was... Uh, he was an actor. He was an actual actor. You just want him to kind of get hit in the face with a shovel a couple of times just to even it out, right? And it's like, you're too hey, fucking gutty to be able to do the somersault. Hey, you know, they they whipped him. You know, they, they tied him and whipped his back pretty good. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's uh, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Uh, what did yeah. you like about it, Patrick? What, what stood out about it that you did like? I think the part I liked the most was even, you know, through the end, like all the way at the end, they at least showed respect to Din and, you know, were uh, praising him for what he did and, you know, at least trying to honor him in some way. I think I I appreciated that. Yeah. 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 It wasn't a typical white man taking credit completely. Well, well, you know, what's funny is, you know, you you look at him and you go, oh, my God, poor Gunga Dean. But for the for the times that they were in. That would have been mm-hmm. treating him very well, almost as an equal. Like, you know, the whole thing with yeah. like, Cary Grant taking him under his wing and trying to teach him how to, you know, salute. Yeah, I and, get that. It's just, it's, yeah. it's kind of... Oh, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, some of it's very uncomfortable to watch, uh, you know, you know, 80 years later. Uh, yeah. Are we 80 years away? We are. No. 70 years. Yeah. Like 70 years. 70. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, 72. 72 right. years ago. All right, Patrick, what did you... Th- or not you, Patrick. I'm sorry, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Jake, what did... Patrick, you- what do you think? Jake, give me, give me your... Tell um, us all about it. Jake, give us what you thought. You know, I think... I think us having watched um, The Love Child of this movie... Yeah. Kind of hurt it quite a bit. Because uh-huh. having watched um, Indiana Jones, it just seems kind of like a knockoff version of that but it was yeah it was okay it was i mean yeah it was fun it just kind of dragged on for a little bit but again with yeah. the, again with the pacing the pacing could have been better on mm-hmm. this one all right yep yeah uh i mean you again context like in the for a 30s movie it moves pretty quickly you know 
Yeah, compared. but I mean, I was expecting, you know, for when it came out to be a little bit shorter of a film. You look at the films made back then. Sure. None of them really ran past an hour to an hour and a half. In 1939, we also get Gone with the Wind, which is four hours long. So I don't want to watch that. Never Ex- seen it. Never exactly. Uh, but let me ask you. Forced- go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. You were forced to what? I was forced to watch Gone with the Wind. Was it awful? <sighs> You give a damn? <sighs> was it for a class or was it? Uh, why did you have to? Why did you have to watch it? Oh, an ex. It was like her favorite movie. I was about she to was say like, he was. To, I was we about have to watch it, and uh, we, we said, literally sat there and it's like. I was about to say Jake was trying to get some. That's the only reason you would ever sit I, through that like, movie. I just like slowly just nodding off to sleep for four hours, but getting. How many times did you check your watch? <laughs> Like every five minutes. Every time when it said intermission, did you do a spit take when it said intermission after two hours? <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh, good, we're halfway through. Every intermission? What the fuck? <laughs> the best, the best part of that movie is he's like, Frank, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. I'm like, me neither. We're on the same page, buddy. At least you know That's that you can make a dress out of curtains, Jake. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and every time, every time you hear wah 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 wah, wah you check your watch, which is yeah, every two minutes in that movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, we can skip Gone with the Wind. We can just be done with it, right, John? Is that okay? We can we can cancel <laughs> it, <laughs> as the kids say. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this was yeah, it was okay. Oh, let me ask you. I forgot to ask Patrick. Who is your favorite of the three? Who was your favorite? Who was your go-to Cary guy? Grant. Cary Grant. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah. How about Cary you? Grant. Cary Grant was your favorite. All right. So Care is just like so charismatic. Yeah, so man. Mad. That that dude was a movie star. Like when you think mm-hmm. of a movie star, it's like wow, that's a that's a movie star. Uh, Justine Weenie. He's a good James Bond. He, he was a little too old, but they they he was originally up for the part. That would have been good. He turned it down because he said, said he was too old. If you want to know. If you want to know what he would have looked like as James Bond, watch North by Northwest. That's that's yeah. all but a James Bond movie, really. I know. He just needs extra gadgets. Please don't watch it on yeah, your phone, though. Right. <laughs> or skip the most important part. Where else would you watch it? <laughs> I didn't skip it. You, she watched it in a... She, <laughs> Sorry. You had it described to you. Nice. I had it cc'd at me. He's in a plane. He's in, Now he's <laughs> flying around. Justine, let's talk about it. Gunga Dean... Or Gunga Din, depending on where you're from. What did you think, my man? I hated it. You hated it? <laughs> hated. Why did you hate it? You hated. Really hated. Hated it. 92% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. The only thing I liked was Cary Grant, but he wasn't my favorite character. I just, I just couldn't stop staring at him. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite character? Because he's so handsome. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, did this suffer from said, too much eye candy? I couldn't see. I was like reading who was in it. And I was like, Carrie Grant's in it? And I was, I was already like 20 minutes in it. I'm like, which one is he? Then I realized it right <laughs> after that. Um, I just didn't put a name to his face and then um, couldn't stop staring at him. Yeah. So that's why you hated it? long guy. Oh, uh, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Yeah. Douglas Herbert, yeah. Douglas Fairbanks. Like His dad was a very famous Douglas. The Fair, Douglas Fairbanks was a like a twenty swashbuckler like during the silent era. I just 
I just didn't like. I couldn't do the makeup. I just couldn't. I was. I couldn't. No, I didn't like it. Well, oh, you mean on uh, on Sam Jaffe as Gungadin? You didn't like the. You didn't like the brown. Well, they weren't gonna. Well, yeah, I couldn't. Listen, I was like, wait, this movie too? I can't do this. <laughs> oh, you watched them in reverse. I watched the other one first, and then I watched uh, okay. this, and I was like, again, all I right. can't. I just like can't. So, out of all the people you saw, no. Uh, Go ahead, John. No, I don't know why they didn't hire Sabu. You know, he a lot of movies, Thief, Thief of Baghdad, and all that. I don't know why they didn't hire him to play Gunga Din. You know. Maybe because they wanted more em- emoting. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Uh, mm. But you're right. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is weird to think back that we just like, hey, we'll just paint this guy that color. But we've already seen this in so many other movies. You know, we've seen it in the spaghetti westerns. We've seen it in, uh, you know, it, it's uh, something that it, at this point, not that it shouldn't surprise you, but at, at this point, it's like, yeah, you know, you're just going to go, well. <laughs> You almost mm. have to laugh about it, but uh, Justine, you said you, you you the blonde was your favorite, but you you found yourself staring at Cary Grant. Yeah, Cary Grant played this. He was just dumb. <laughs> I don't he, know. He was kind of dumb. He's cute. He yeah. was cute. I just yeah. Um, I did. I've never seen him play a character like that, so it was just kind of weird to see that mm-hmm. out of him. He's usually a leading man. Um, well, he had a whole career of that was, of comedies like in the '30s. He did Bringing a Baby and a bunch of. Um, and you know what? It's uh, all happening right about this time. I think the movie he did right after this was Bringing a Baby, or maybe right before this, and Topper and Holiday. So this is the era where he is doing these sort of like light comedies. Yeah. And you're right. He was an acrobat. He was, you know, he could do all this stuff. He could dance. He could do something and climbing so he was really light on his feet so this stuff was right up his alley yeah oh, well let me ask you guys this what about that dummy kill where you get like 10 dummies on the bridge and you just <laughs> and they're all just tied to the bridge and they go <laughs> <laughs> I actually sent that clip like... I sent that clip to Brent from the home video hustle who's a big fan of uh, dummy kills anytime I find one in the movie I, I, I try to keep him in mind but yeah that's the ultimate for me like I forgot about right. that. They look like uh, they look like Legos. I really like the guy who screamed like two seconds after that when somebody was running towards him because it was such a bad scream. It was just like, ah! oh, yeah, and that was it. Yeah, there's you know a, what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. There's a, there's some <laughs> weird. There's always weird screams in uh, 30s movies, like the sailors who's the guy who screams like a woman uh, when the brontosaurus is after him. In uh, King Kong. In King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. It's before the Wil- Wilhelm. Or there is one guy uh, on the log that goes, oh, there's always that guy uh, in King yeah. Kong. Yeah. So uh, a lot of uh, weird uh, Foley work on these movies. But yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the dubbing is weird sometimes. Uh, John, what did you think of Gunga Din? How familiar are you with this movie? I don't know that you're a fan. I don't know how you how you feel about this movie. I had not. I had actually never seen Gunga Din before. Mm-hmm. I'd seen clips, and I kept hearing how it was a huge inspiration on the Indiana Jones movies, but I'd I'd never actually seen it before. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the action stuff's a lot of fun. It is a little long. Uh, yeah, all the 
you know, the blackface is a little problematic. Um, I like the comedy bits. I think, um, especially Cary Grant, the comedy bits are really effective when he's pouring the, the stuff in the punch. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the look on his face, he's got the bottle of uh, stuff behind him. He's <laughs> all the looks on his face as he's trying to be nonchalantly spiking the punch. You know? Yeah. 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 And, um, just, I think the comedy, he just does great comedy bits. I, my favorite thing in the whole movie is when he's looking out at all those killers in the, uh, the temple of Kali, he goes, Oh, right. You're all under arrest. <laughs> one of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be yeah. the greatest, the greatest scene for me in the whole movie. All uh, right. Start lining up. That's it. Come on. Uh, I do. So, um, yeah, a lot of it's fun. It's, you know, not perfect, but, uh, you can see where a million adventure films are pulling from this movie specifically. You know? Sure. And William Goldman, who uh, wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and a million other movies, uh, this is like his favorite movie of all time. He just thinks it's it's so much fun. And uh, you can kind of see that when you think about uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He says what he loves the best about a movie like this is just the stupid uh, the stupid courage, you know, they sort of like, we're just going to run out there and we'll make it up as we go along, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. You said numbered. It's we're, funny. You brought up William- a thousand, one, but let's just, you know, let's just go do it. You know? It's funny. You brought up William Goldman. Cause I, I was jokingly mentioned that Douglas Fairbanks kind of resembles or Carrie always kind of resembles, uh, Doug Fairbanks. And, um, William Goldman, of course, wrote princess bride as well. So I think that, I think there's a reference to Gunga Din in the book, the Princess Bride. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, so he was on the supplementals. They were actually talking to him. There was a whole thing on how they made it. And he just said, this like the template for your crazy, you know, not exactly believable, but for like crazy uh, action movie, this is the template. And 39, everything that comes after this is pretty much, you know, to this one. Yeah. So... Th- I think one reason the comedy works so well, not only is Cary Grant very good at comedic bits, but uh, George Stevens, uh, he began his career as a cameraman and a gag man for Laurel and Hardy. Oh, very nice. So so the timing on some of this stuff, you go, oh, yeah, there's a guy who knew his way around a comedic bit. You know, if you if you started your career with Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. The scene yeah. where they put the plant in the punch and it wilts is like right, yeah. <laughs> is right out of a Laurel and Hardy movie, right? It's, and it's, some of the faces Cary Grant is making are like Stan Laurel faces. You know, yeah. he just does a sort of goofy, goofy look on his face. You know, uh, yeah. There is some there is some good comedy, and I think uh, uh, I always appreciate Victor McLaughlin, who was a great character actor. And here he's kind of like the sergeant with a heart of gold, like gruff on the outside, but he's got a heart of gold. And uh, I do like all the stuff with the, the interaction with the three of them. I think it's a good because it's hard to do a trio. It's a trio doesn't always work, and Douglas Fairbanks kind of has to be the straight man in this one. But they do give him a lot to do action wise. He gets to run around and you know leap leap off the buildings and do stuff like that. You know the story goes that uh, Cary Grant was originally was going was going to be cast as Douglas Fairbanks part, and he told George Stevens, "I want to do the movie, but I don't want to play that part. It's too flat." I want to do this other part. The guy that's looking for treasure, that's going to be a lot more fun to do. So I think he held out for that part. And it, it, I think it worked out better that way. You know? Yeah. 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 And Douglas Fairbanks Jr. said, you know, I did a hundred movies. And this is the only one that approaches classic status. 
So I thought that was pretty cool of him to say. Pretty humble guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because he did not have the career his, his father had. That That's that's for sure. No. I'd say the other big one for him was uh, Prisoner of Zenda, and he's the bad guy in that, and very believable. So um, better than he gives himself credit for, but he's, he was under no illusions. You know, he said, I made a hundred of these things, and, you know, maybe maybe one or two approached classic status. And he, we saw him in, again in, was he not in, uh, no, he wasn't, I was thinking. They mention him in uh, that Twilight Zone, the episode of the Twilight Zone movie that we saw. Kick the can, but he's not in it. I, I was thinking. He was oh in yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking he was in that. Uh, all right, let's rank Gunga Din, everyone. We'll start with John. We'll work our way backwards. John, what do you give Gunga Din? Keep in mind, 90, I give it a six. Ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Six from John. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a six. I liked it. It didn't. It didn't knock me out. Uh, see, there's probably a hundred movies that. Uh, or kind of an homage to this kind of action. Mm-hmm. So I liked it, but yeah, six is as high as I can give it. Justine, keep in mind, 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Four. Four. Much better than I thought. Uh, Jake? Yeah. Uh, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a six, yeah. Six, all right. Patrick? Five. Five. I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give Gunga Din a seven. It gets a seven in my book. Because I do like Cary Grant. I do like, uh, and again, again, you know, we're not glossing over the fact that it's problematic. The main character, Gunga Din, is, a, is, a, is the water bearer for the regiment, played by uh, Jewish actor Sam Jaffe, and he's supposed to be Indian. Uh, and uh, so he's got, uh, they actually just paint him up brown, uh, put him in a turban in the, in the, and uh, they, they paint him brown. So, uh, you know, which was standard practice, which we're going to see again in our next movie, The Road to Singapore. Take it away, Patrick. All right. Road to Singapore released in 1940 on March 14th. Got a 6.8 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%. Uh, directed by Victor Schreckinger. And I do not have a budget, and I do not have a box office. It was a smash hit. It was a comedy smash. Screams, people were screams. So much of a such a big smash. Six more of these. <laughs> this was the. Uh, That's the smash it This is one of the original film franchises. This is one of the uh, the original comedy film franchises. Uh, they made you know it was like along with like Abbott and Costello meet the blankety blanks. Uh, this was a this was a series. This was a, this launched. It went all the way into the '60s, right, John? Yeah, the last one has even got a young Peter Sellers in it. That's right. That's right. Playing an Indian guy. That's right. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. Peter Sellers turns up in a lot of those. <laughs> that's a uh, Road to Hong Kong. Is that the last one? Yeah, Road to Hong Kong. All right, all right, John. You know this is uh, this is your this is your uh, wheelhouse. So before we let the kids tear it apart, let's talk about, I want someone to talk about it reverently and with love. So we're going to start with John and then we'll, we'll dangle the meat. over. I the- will start. Uh, <laughs> I will start by saying, I understand that this is very much a dated film. This is not good for everybody. It, it's uh, definitely of its time. And um, this comedy is not going to work for everybody. Having said that, I'm a huge Bob Hope fan. Uh, and I mean young Bob Hope, not like old Bob Hope, you know, doing 
Christmas K- specials and Kmart commercial. I mean, yeah, when he's uh, when he's young, he's pretty much he's up there with Groucho. It's pretty tough to beat him for comic timing and one-liners. And this is just about the time it begins. He had done films before this. Uh, about a year before this, he did one called The Cat and the Canary, which was kind of a haunted house comedy with Paulette Goddard. And he struck gold. They said, oh, this guy's got it. This guy's going to be the next. They said, OK, let's Paramount said, let's run with it. This guy's going to be very good. And he also started a radio show right about this time. that was hugely pos- uh, popular. And uh, it was a weekly radio show. And he was he was pretty much the king of comedy for a good 10 years between the radio show and the movies. He was cranking out maybe two or three movies a year. And he had a really good chemistry with Bing Crosby. Another guy who was huge at the time, but nobody remembers now. Anybody younger than me does not remember in Crosby. But uh, at the time, he was huge. Records, radio, movies, stage, Montes. And it off. They kind of knew each other from doing vaudeville and stuff. They had met before, and people didn't realize what chemistry they had. These guys were like the second choice on this movie. It wasn't supposed to be the two of them. I think it was going to be Bing Crosby and somebody else. And then that person didn't do They said, how about this guy? Hope was like the third, third choice, third bill after Dorothy Lamore. But this movie was such a smash hit. They said, okay, next time we move them up a notch and we'll crank out as many of these as we can because it was a big hit. So uh, for me, uh, these road pictures get funnier. Each one gets a little funnier. If this one felt a little creaky, um, each one gets even more out there and funnier so uh i'm glad we're gonna do road to morocco because they just get better as the years pass but i know it's it's a little dated but i i love this style of humor i like the uh the one-liners and the kind of easy camaraderie and anything goes and you can see where a movie like spies like us is definitely the whole movie is them trying to capture that hope and crosby camaraderie very tough to do uh they did that with ishtar too you know, monstrous budget, Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. They went to uh, Arabia to film it, and they couldn't pull it off. They said, gee, Hope and Crosby, we can knock one of these out, you know, in a month on the back lot, you know. So, um, I don't know. I, just, I love this kind of humor. And the bonus is I love Jerry which is a name that is completely lost <laughs> to the ages. But another guy, very funny, very much of his time. And if anybody remembers Jerry Colonna, it's probably from playing – uh, the voice of the March Hare in Alice in Wonderland, the Disney version. And uh, there's probably a million Looney Tunes where they make a reference to him with the bug eyes and the, the teeth and the big mustache and the, uh, the crazy voice. The, uh, ah, yes! Sticky, wasn't it? So, sorry, I went on a little long there, but I, I do love Hope and Crosby, and this is the first, so I dig it. All right. Who wants to... Totally gut John, our friend John, the lovable John Sandy, who wants to be the first to come up and stick a knife right in his back. Patrick. Oh, stop. Let's go to you, buddy. You want me to go? Yeah, yeah. I was 100% on board with this movie. And then it got racist. (laughs) Bob Hope and uh, Bing Crosby are absolutely hilarious together. And. I was really on board with the movie. Like I was having fun. I was laughing. I loved them together. They were really, they worked fantastic together between, you know, bouncing off each other and, you know, making some wonderful jokes. 
and then it got really uncomfortable for you know about 10 minutes um and it kind of lost me there i'm not gonna lie uh it made up for it at the end um you know i like the way the story ended but i could have done without the brown face uh, yeah, and it's so it's, uh, because it's, well, you know what you know what what's really even, uncomfortable. What's even more offensive is that it didn't need to be done because there was nobody. No, no, yeah, there's yeah, there's <laughs> half of them who are you know white people. Like it makes no sense except for the fact that they were doing it for quote unquote the gag. Yeah, um, and it's just uncomfortable. Like it, it really ruins part of this movie. Um, which is kind of sad for me because I liked it. I I was enjoying it, and so you you would, you would say that scene was the the Mickey Rooney at breakfast in, at Tiffany's. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, um, it it tarnished the film for me. Uh, I probably would have given this film a ten out of ten. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, but it definitely it takes, tarnished. It, it takes you. Um, it takes you out of the movie. Unfortunately, yeah. it takes you out of the moment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like if you're spending the whole time staring at the fact that Bing Crosby and Bob Hope have this giant circle around their mouths. Yeah. And the reason for that, it's just, it, I get it's a different time, but it just, it doesn't, doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel right. No, no, no. Of it course. Doesn't. Right. You're right. They didn't need to do it because half of those natives are probably played by Italians, you know? So yeah. it's, it didn't need, they didn't need to do it. And, yeah. you I, know agree. What? And, I agree. And I forgot, I totally forgot that that scene was in there. And when he says, you know, oh, like they're giving the feast, the feast is for natives only. And he goes, hey, we're going to, we're going to make, we're going to be natives. I was like, oh no. Oh, as soon as he grabbed the freaking cart, like the curtains, I was like, son of a bitch. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I had high hopes for this film. Uh, yeah. I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing just, because that's your no, reaction. Was, because that was my yeah. reaction too. I was already yeah, like, like, "Motherfucker, really?" <laughs> it's, yeah. It was disappointing. Um, and you know, I think it's a drag. It's a drag. I, I think it, it hurts. It hurts the film. So I know we're gonna watch another one. I really hope they don't do anything like that again. I know. Before. I'm trying to think. Morocco. What did they do? Did they do anything? I don't think so. Hopefully they didn't do it. What uh, What's What's funny though, Patrick, is we talk about this and 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 how it's funny that we started doing the the, the digital movie club when we did. Yeah. Um. You know when you know when we're starting to ask more and more questions like this, like you know, and then we do a movie like we talked about this with. I had the same feeling rewatching um trading places where yeah. it's just I'm like oh man this movie's so progressive look what they're talking about and you know they're, they're you know the way the cops are treating Eddie Murphy as opposed to the way they're treating Dan Aykroyd I was like wow this is and then great commentary too, and you're just, <laughs> yeah, like, really? you're just like what I mean, why and it taints the whole movie it taints the whole experience it, it does. Right, it that's does. 1983 yeah I think that's the same thing I felt about trading places too was like I was on board with the film, and then that scene happened, and I was just like, "No, fuck it, I'm done." Yeah, it's hard it's, to. It's disappointing because I really like Ben Crosby. Um, I love the way he sings. I love him in his movies, and don't ever watch hard. what is it, Holiday Inn or White Christmas? Uh, Holiday. Oh Inn. boy. Yeah, it's, it's Holiday like Inn. Yeah. Stay away from Holiday Inn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Keep away from it. I don't I've know. seen it. I've seen it, but the, the yeah, too late. What's interesting, Patrick, though, is that you know we talk about this and we talk about you know the fact that it doesn't need to be done, um, but they do it anyway. Uh, and what the the one saving grace about that is that 
at least it happens at the end of the movie. At least yeah, it's, it's not like, like the last third. At least they don't do it, you know, you know, ten minutes into the movie, and you're just like, "Well, I'm done. I'm out. I can't yeah. watch this yeah. now." And it's kind of the same thing. With, yeah. It's kind of the same thing with Trading Places. It's almost like they they throw it in there because they they're afraid. Like, hey, you know, this movie's going too long. Let's throw in something that's really going to get people. Yeah. You know, it's really. I, I was trying to think too. Like, if 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 you had cut that scene out, like, would the film still work? Would it make sense? And it wouldn't. And I think that's a really shame because they use it as a like. It, to your point of like, oh, they put it towards the end, so it's not as you know blatant. It's still they made it a crucial plot point. Yeah, it's a plot point. Yeah, and, you're right. And the film cannot finish without it. Yeah. Now they could have done it without it. They could have filmed it them not in brownface, and the film would have worked just fine, and it would have been just as funny. Yeah, you, they could have been mildly but, mildly offensive and thrown them in sarongs and stuff. And, yeah, uh, I mean, if anything. he had just gone dressed in the curtains, that would have been enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just it it, it hurts the film. Yeah, it, it makes me really sad. It hurts the film. Uh, you seem very broken up about this, Patrick, and I'm I'm, I'm I liked it. Like I really, I'm sorry for I, you. I really I really enjoyed the first two thirds of the film. Like up into that point, I was laughing. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying their witty repertoire. Um, I was wondering who was going to end up with who, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it just it it, it wow. killed him. You're, you're ready to get a ten, Craig. I was, I was, because I was on board with it. Me, and, like, it, I I really like the ending too. Like, I like the ending. I like the fact that they meet up and they're selling that stupid washing fluid that burns through clothes. <laughs> I like that. I like that he was the one. You know, he he skipped the boat and he waited for her. I like that. And it just sucks. Let me ask you a question. You know what, Patrick, uh, Patrick, all those movies begin. That was such a great bit that all the movies begin with them doing a con job. It always opens with them somewhere crazy. And they're, they have to run out. They have to get out of town because they were selling some sort of, you know, flixer or uh, some con job or something, you know. And then, hey, in yeah. today's uh, today, they'd be elected president. So don't 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 knock it. But um <laughs> Patrick, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, all the blatant racism aside and everything you, you pulled that you could enjoy from the movie, uh, who do who do you think is the hope and who is the Crosby with you and Jake? Who do you <clears> see as who do you see as hope and who's the Crosby in that situation? <sighs> That's hard. That's hard to it's hard to quantify because they're very different. And are you Ooh, and Jake uh, going to start playing patty cake? Not in the Who Framed Roger Rabbit way. But in the Hope and Crosby way, that's what I want to know. Well, let's not. Well, hey, let's not. Hey, come on. No, you guys play. You hey, guys. Patrick, that, that's your. Not, like, that's your bit. Open to new experiences, okay? Patrick, I got another piece of trivia for you. Since you enjoyed it so much up until the end, uh, Hope and Crosby both had their own personal writers on stage with them, just off stage to kind of beef up their their comedy. So they had yeah. the script and they. All day long, they had these little ad libs that were being scripted for them by their personal writers. So Dorothy Lamore would come on and go, "What the hell's going on? I don't recognize half this script." You know, I definitely tell they pushed each other. Like, um, yeah. they they definitely improved each other's performances. And yeah, yeah. All right, 
cool. Yeah. Well, Patrick, I, I, I still love you, and I'm sorry that you were that you you were disappointed like that because it does suck. It really, and I'm not being insincere because uh, I'm telling no, you, yeah, I'm telling you, as soon as he. Because I do like these movies because I, I, I'm uh, much like John. I'm a sucker for uh, movies of these era of this era because it's a it's a whole different style style of comedy. The writing is really sharp. Uh, the performances yeah. are good. It's an easy movie to get into because the performances are so uh, you know they're, they're very welcoming. It's very welcoming. Like hey, this is going to be an easy way to spend two hours. Like I'm not going to have to. These are two characters I want to spend time with. And watch them try yeah. to outdo each other, and then that comes along and it's jarring, you know. Yeah, and like you look at that scene too, and I had watched it twice because I, I I wanted to see, I was really interested to see if like you know would the film work without that scene, but you watch that scene again, and the jokes that they're making have nothing to do with the fact that they're in brownface. <laughs> yeah. They have nothing to do with the fact like all of the humor works. Yeah. It's just literally the fact that they're in that it ruins it. Like the, the the writing for those scenes is really good. The fact that he keeps getting dragged away to be pulled away to get married, like those scenes are fantastic, except for the fact that they're in brownface. Like the writing is great. It's a cheap, it, so would it's you a cheap s- shot? It's it's a cheap shot, and it makes movies of this era. It's a minefield because you never yeah. know when you're going to turn a corner and step on one of those gags. It's yeah. just it's it's tricky. This whole era is tricky because you never know if you're going to make it to the end without some really horrific, offensive uh, slur. You know. So I'll yeah. ask a question. To when we're done, I want to ask a question, and I want you to think about it. I want you to don't answer it now, but I want you to think about whether or not you felt the brown facing Gunga Din mm-hmm. was less or more offensive than what you saw in the road to singapore and if so or if not why or why not so think about that just kind of marinate on that and we're going to go over to to um i'm very curious to get uh jake's uh because jake's our our comedy nerd so i'm always curious Mm -hmm. to see what jake thinks about these movies jake uh we'll get to the brown face obviously uh Mm -hmm. but before that let's talk about the the actual movie itself and the comedy what did you think of uh, road to singapore no road to. I always want to say it is road to Singapore. Yeah, you say, yeah, it is road to Singapore. It's it's just because like uh, I know just that brown face just is so bad. Like I can get I can I can forgive some minor sins of movies but mm-hmm. when you have the scenes like with Mickey Rooney and with this blatant you know brown face. It's just really it's really hard to overlook. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's a fun movie. Otherwise. Love it. Otherwise. Otherwise, it's great. Otherwise, it's like, it's just a great, you know, just a fun movie. Just sit down, have a good time. Yeah. Very inviting, very, very welcoming mm-hmm. to, you're yeah. going to have, we're going to spend time with just, these guys. Yeah. You can just, you know, pop it in on any given day if you just want to, you know, brighten your day up a little bit. Their relationship just, reminded me of the odd couple. Yeah. Oh yeah, having that like <laughs> that witty repertoire between the two of them, it it yeah. had that same feeling of like these two do really well together. Yeah. Well, there's seven yeah. of them, guys. So hopefully you'll you'll find one that doesn't have the. <laughs> yeah, there you you'll, go. Hopefully you'll find it. if you if hopefully you like. This isn't. Go ahead. It's not a reoccurring theme. Did the music uh, slow it down for you, Jake? Did did that bother no. you at all? The songs? Do you like the songs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
laughing like an idiot. It's fine. Hey, Jake, I gotta know. Did you like Jerry Colonna? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I, I mean, I'm always a sucker for a little a little music in my comedy. How can you not, though? That guy, he's so out there. You're not expecting it. You're like, who is this guy? Why is he doing this? And then he scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed. And scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed. And that's how I know he's in Kagoon. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, apart yeah, apart from the, the, the completely unnecessary blatant Brown face is yeah, it was, it was good. How did you feel about the lovely uh, Dorothy Lamore? Did you uh, were you intrigued? Was she a fetching uh, addition to the cast? How did you feel about? Uh... I I don't have yeah, not too much to say. She's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. little little very Justine and like very Justine in the in that you can't quite tell. You're not mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure Justine. A lot of people Justine. Do a lot of people ask you what are you? Into which you say <laughs> I, I'm a human being. Do you get that a lot, Justine? All the time. They go, where are you from? Uh, Diamond Bar. (laughs) (laughs) Where are your parents from? (laughs) Uh, Diamond Bar. The the best parts when they're like, what's your last name? (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. Good luck when you get to that point. Figure that shit out, motherfucker. Drop the mic. You're like, figure it out now. (laughs) He's got a French last name. Uh, Justine, how did you how did you feel about uh, Road to Singapore? I just <laughs> like between these two movies, you're just I like that they want to go to these exotic places, uh-huh. but they can't show exotic people. Um, oh, that's a great point. I like it. Like they're all about going in like places in different worlds. Like around that time, all those movies you had us watch, they're going to like these outrageous places, but they can't show these people. Or they're playing like horrible characters that I just don't agree with. But um, yeah, I mean, when I was watching, I'm like, okay, Road to Singapore, let's see what the people look like. And I was kind of judging that part already. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I thought the guys were funny. I just don't think it needed to be a Road to Singapore thing. I didn't agree with that at it all. It could have been like Road to Cleveland and um, they would have been okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's been like road trip, road trip to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. It would have been just fine, just fine. Um, well, I think part of the context yeah, is yeah, that, there was already issues. I think part of the context is that this time you're still in kind of the depression, and so Singapore seems like exotic. Most Americans probably haven't been there. You know, we don't have jets yet, so it seems like this far flung corner of the world. And we'll just drop these guys in there, and they'll be like fish out of water. And hey, comedy, you know, is kind of the. I, I'm I'm assuming that's what the whole thing is. Not defending, just, just giving the way context. That they show the people in the town is just. And I know that they're in like in a set for sure. It's just bother. I just because people will believe this, and the fact that you see it, that it's okay for them to do that. And paint their faces, just yeah. The, oh, the the fact oh. that they could just do it and, and get a laugh, and nobody would get mad or offended at that time. And if mm-hmm. they if they were offended, they weren't people that were of consequence anyway, right? You didn't have like it's not like there were organizations like there are now, or hey, we're gonna boycott this movie because you know because Hope and Crosby did brownface, you know. It was just it was just par for yeah. the course, right? Yeah, I just had an issue, but that's all. It's just 
Make it a normal place. It would have been fine. I would have been okay if you were in some other place. You are going to love Sullivan's just, Travels then. I have good news for you. You are going to love mm-hmm. Sullivan's Travels. <laughs> if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. 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 It's just like like the other film I had an issue with the elephant being in there. Like I just oh, oh, oh. Be- because I just because it was they don't even do that anymore. They don't even show elephants in films like that. No, it's always like an animated one because people are so against that, and it's true. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna that's, that. it was a good movie. I like this movie. I just didn't agree with their location. Um, and I get, but it was a set. <laughs> but no, that's fair. That's a totally fair criticism. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It's it, like John said. It's these movies of this era are a minefield because you, ne- yeah, you, and then you never know. Even in look, we talk about this. It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite movies, and you have, you know, the 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 way the the housekeeper is portrayed is problematic. You know, you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, well, uh, here's an almost perfect movie. And it's like a typical, stereotypical 1930s, 1930s, 1940s black woman, you know. At least it was an African-American woman. Yeah, exactly. And at least it wasn't it someone. Doesn't make it better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't make it better, but still. Yeah, at least she was at least she was portrayed by someone who was, you know, African-American and not someone in blackface. Um, but yeah, J- John's right. Even the cartoons of this era, you know, they they have to put they have to slap warnings on Looney Tunes because they'll they'll do uh, racist depictions there too. Um, but they, it, it, they used to cut that stuff out. If they put it on Channel Eleven, they'd cut it right out. Yeah. Now they put it on TV, but they'll have somebody doing a they'll have like Whoopi Goldberg doing a little a little uh, essay before you pop the disc in, you know, saying, here's what's going on. Here's why it's going on. Here's what we should think of it, you know. Yeah, it's funny. I'm so used to the disclaimers now that when a movie doesn't have one and a scene like this pops up, it's it throws me like 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 everybody said yeah. you know like you're you, mm-hmm. it, it's jarring. So did you guys have more of a problem with this particular instance of brownface or the one with uh, with Gunga Din? Uh, and if you know, and why, uh, Patrick? What did you? Which was more offensive to you? I think they're both extremely inappropriate, um, but I think the fact that this was used for comedy. And to make a joke versus just a character is what makes it worse because they knew what they were doing was offensive. They knew what they were doing was wrong, whether or not it's okay in the time or not. That The whole premise is to make fun of someone by trying to depict yourself in a horribly systemic or horribly racist way that it it makes it so much worse it, it 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 by using comedy and trying to take something so dark and so sinister to make people laugh is just fucked up yeah it's it's the fact that it's the the, the butt of the joke the people yeah. that they're yeah. that they're that, whereas even though you know even though it's a it's it's problematic at least with gungadin he's a heroic figure you know, yeah, he's, he's he, while it's problem. I agree. While it's problematic, he's he's still someone you can. Uh, they're putting while it should have been cast differently. They are not using it as the butt of a joke. I mean, you still have the colonialism, and you still have the white. Um, yeah, it's still fucked up. <laughs> Don't get me have, wrong. You still, have, you still have the white savior and all that going on. But I'm, at least it's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not excusing it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying 
that the fact that they use it as the butt of a joke just makes it. I, I would I would agree wholeheartedly, Patrick. Uh, yeah. Justine, did you have more of a problem, or were both equally offensive to you? I think this is more offensive because it's kind of telling people it's okay to do it. Yeah. And you see the transformation. And the other one, if you didn't know, like, I don't know if they knew the actors or not, but. Yeah, when I was a kid and he, I saw Gunga and, Din, I thought he was, no, I thought, yeah, I thought he was an Indian guy. Exactly. Like you didn't know, then it's normal, I guess, if you watched it. But in this one, you see the transformation happen saying it's okay to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I would say this one's worse. Jake, it's hard to offend you, which is one of your greatest traits. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. It, just some. Just some. <laughs> well, you don't walk through life angry when you don't get offended mm-hmm. at a lot of stuff. Uh, was it easier for you to take the the brown face and gunga din, or in, or were they both equally bothersome to you? I think, yeah, I think for the Gunga Din, because it was a serious role, then it's, I mean, you can kind of, I'm pretty, that I'm like, I'm fine with giving that a pass. So I'm like, well, it was meant to be, you know, this is a more serious film. And even though it is brown face, it's, it's a product of the time. It's a stupid excuse, but it's kind of is what it is. But yeah, that one, it was, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what's good. They know exactly what they're doing. And if it was like, if it was like pivotal or if it was like essential to the story, then I can even maybe give it a little bit of a pass. But it was, it was, it was just, it didn't have to be there. Yeah. At all. John, now looking back now, I mean, you know, you know, as we've gotten, as we get farther and farther away from this time and we, we know more and more, you know, oh, you know, you start to see things that maybe, passed you by as a kid now you look at him and you say oh man this is really uh, this is i shouldn't be laughing at this or this is a problem here or you know this this should not have been done um does that does that alter your enjoyment of this movie that you you had already it's a cheap shot it's, it's like watching breakfast at tiffany's it always just makes me cringe to see uh, mickey rooney with the uh, the buck teeth and the coke bottle glasses sure and yeah, it's just like you're you're bopping along, it's fun, and then you're just like, oh shit, I forgot about this, you know. And you just think, yeah, it's just it, at the very least, it's a cheap shot, it's unnecessary. And then you do wonder, you yeah, it's like Patrick said, could you have removed it? Do you have just shot it a different way? Uh, do you have to do it this way? Is there a way to, you know, what can you do? So I guess, uh, yeah, it bugs me. It's it's offensive, but I guess I'm such a because it's not the whole movie. And I'm such a such a hope fan. I just kind of roll with the punches. But, yeah, um, it's really it hard. Does, it's it r- does make you cringe, you know. And something like Gunga Din, with the whole movie, you're really kind of cringing because he's like the lead. It's, it's the name of the movie is Gunga Din, and you're just going, "This is like, this is like a fellow. This is like some, you know, it's like Orson Welles playing a fellow in blackface." You know, I don't know. It's 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 tough. Uh, but yeah, it is true that it just seems like in the comedy, it just seems like it's. A particularly cheap shot because it's not a it's not even with noble intent it's just sort of a unnecessary yeah yeah, yeah. so well um but, uh, yeah you forget like i said you know you forget you you're, you watch one of these and then all of a sudden it's like you, you stepped in a pile of shit you're like what oh <laughs> i forgot god damn it you yeah know? and you know and, this, uh, this that's is the period and that doesn't really stop until you get to like the 60s you know yeah and this isn't the first time it's happened with one of the, with one of the movies that we have and um you know, does right, you know, right. and then you think, 
well, do do these, you know, you start to think, well, you know, I, you know, am I am I complicit in this because I am but because I'm giving this movie like I've shown it to people now or you know, like we watched Good the Bad and the Ugly, right? Good the Bad and the Ugly is a, yeah. is an example I always like to use. Eli Wallach, everybody's favorite character in that movie. He has the most fun. Yeah. He has all the best lines. He's also not Mexican. It's also, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a Jewish American actor, New York actor playing a Mexican guy. And so at a certain point, um, you don't excuse it, but you just kind of go, well, I, you know, I have to take, you know, I have to take this movie at, a, at, at, at you know, with its warts and try to enjoy it other, you know, enjoy it the way it was intended to be enjoyed. And, um, that doesn't mean you, have- you know, if it, if, if it is like five, 10 minutes out of the whole movie, sometimes you just forget, you know, I completely forgot that was in road to Singapore, you know? Yeah. And so then I'm, I'm like playing the rest of them back in my head going, shit, I don't, I just think, okay, road to utopia. I don't think that they're in Alaska for Christ's sake. I don't think there's anything going, <laughs> nothing offensive in that one. Then I'm thinking, okay, just, road to Morocco, you know, who's wearing the turtle. Walking going, down the street. <laughs> but I'm, Howdy, neighbor. You start, you start playing it back in your head going, okay, Sullivan's Travels. Okay, what, is there anything I forgot that's stuck in there somewhere in the I middle, you know? I think in Sullivan's Travels, you're going to see the 40s. Uh, the Chef. The chef. The chef on the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's it. I think that's it. So, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's like, this is going to be a fun, we're going to have some fun, you know, we're going to have some fun with uh, with racism. Uh, <laughs> but all, all these movies will have a footnote. You'll go, okay, it was great until, footnote, <laughs> see the bottom of the page. You know? Yeah, it was great until. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it's a series, we, we took a serious turn, but it's something you need to discuss because, uh, you know, we, there, as, as we've heard many people say now, many times representation matters. And like Justine said, Justine, that's such a great quote when you said, you know, they want to take people to exotic places, but they don't want to show the exotic people that live there. That's, that's a really great observation. Um, and, and then that's, and you'll see that up until, you see that start to change in like like John said the late fifties, things kind of start to change a little bit, and then the you know by the mid sixties obviously civil rights and things uh, start to start to take root, and uh, and and it starts to shift, and um, but again like it you know we've seen some eighties movies where even you know we're not even immune from that in the eighties and nineties, you know. Uh, so, uh, I mean, in the nineties, we use a lot of bad words for, um, gay people too. It's sure. really bad. So sure. when I watch mm-hmm. some movies, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe they just said that. I'm like, that's only the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. So bad. It was your lifetime, which is crazy. Like that's, you start to realize, Oh my God, this is my lifetime. And that we're still, you know, in, in the eighties, there was a huge movie called soul man with C Thomas Howell, where he. He he took something. I I don't know if he dyed himself his skin or whatever, but to make himself black so he could get into college, and uh, he did the whole movie in blackface. And this is like eighty six, eighty seven, right in there, you know. Tropic Thunder. And uh, see, Tropic Thunder is different because that is yeah. that is parodying people who think they can get away with doing things like that, mm-hmm. and that's where the they joke is. That's where yeah, the joke is there. The joke, you know, that's like uh, that's like what's your name playing a Hawaiian in that uh, Cameron Crowe movie? Who was that? Um, 
uh, what about um, 50 first dates? <laughs> <laughs> no. What's his name of that, too? Oh, yeah, we always forget Rob Schneider's and. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it seems like Rob Schneider's every role is Mickey Rooney from uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> <laughs> seems like that's his that's his function in Hollywood. Now. All right, let's rate uh, the 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 road to Morocco and and if you want to uh, if you want to give me two scores pre and post uh, brownface, you can do that too. Uh, but uh, you know, with it's up to you. Uh, let's start with uh, Patrick. I want to give it a six with an asterisk next to it. Six with an asterisk, okay. Uh, I want it to be known in history that this movie has some fucked up shit. Justine? <laughs> I give it a four. Give it a four. What would you have given it before the brown face? Uh, I still didn't like the place, so. <laughs> what about young Anthony Quinn? wasn't happy what about, with what about young Anthony Quinn? Was he handsome for you? Anthony Quinn. He was, he was uh, Dorothy Lamore's. Uh, he was the whip guy. <laughs> the whip guy. That's another problem. He was whipping Dorothy. Yeah, the man who beats women. Oh. Oh, that guy. I don't know. You know what's funny? We were so. I mean, take him to a. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, switch it to road trip to Florida, and it would have been probably probably a nine. Oh, okay. I mean, you could have, you could have done like road to the supermarket, and it still would have worked. By the way, because even without because even without the brown face, I'm still upset with the just casting of the background, and I don't know. Yeah. yeah well, you know, there, there's some stuff that we didn't touch on that's problematic. You know, you do have like Justine touched on the the portrayal of like the natives or the people that lived in you mm-hmm. know in the, uh, what was it Kaigoon? Is that where they were Kaigoon? Um, yeah, and not only that, and then you have like Dorothy Lamour is problematic because she's, I believe, from St. Louis. She's from, is that where she's from? She's a, she's Anglo. She's a, yeah. Her, she's I, I, was, I just didn't agree with her either. Like, just when I like looked around in their environment, it just or their world, it's not. It's just horrible to watch. So yeah. I don't want to. All right. I didn't like it from the beginning. Yeah. So that's even before we get to the brown face, there's some problematic stuff that you can just kind of go, well, it's a product of its time. And, you know, look, every movie I love from this era, like John said, has a, you know, King Kong has the the stereotypical Chinese chef, you know, the Chinese cook on the ship and, uh, you know, the natives and, and the natives and all that, you know, and, natives, and, yeah. and, and the natives and all that stuff. And so, like John said, it's like why, the only movie I can think of for this era where there's nothing uh, remotely racist is the most dangerous game because they're on an island where nobody lives. <laughs> That's, the, you know what I mean? That's the only movie I can think of where it's like, oh, yeah, nothing leapt out of that movie. Um, but I'm thinking ahead to like Salvo and Shavels, and I'm like, oh, we're going to run into a little of it there. We're definitely going to run into it there. Um, but uh, I get it, Justine. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, so I'm not even I, – I, a four is fine. Uh, Jake. Uh, overall, it's a seven. You're going to give it a seven, all right. Mm-hmm. There you go, John. He liked Jerry Colonna. Despite the – yeah. Despite the blatant, John was worried about that Jerry Colonna. John, are you are you happy? Oh, what did everybody else think of Jerry Colonna? Patrick, did you like that guy? He was all right. I think just he was all right. I think just overall, I'm I'm really disappointed. Justine, I kind of 
like the part where um, they're fighting over her, and I was like, oh, this is annoying. And then he goes, you don't even know if she likes either one of us. I'm like, oh, good. They addressed it. Love it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes. There's a realistic, there's a realistic yeah, person in this. Yeah, they said that part. She has opinion, too. Yeah. You know what I will say? Well, I, they said that part, and I was like, oh, okay. They gave her a chance to not like it, like either one of them. So I, will say, okay I will say that you have to give her uh, credit, because um, I, she, she has to play the straight man to the, to the comedy, you know? And but she's very talented and she holds her own in every scene. Like you do feel sympathy for her. Like when they kick her out, when they decide they don't want her anymore and they're gonna kick her out, which again, problematic. But Fuck she's up. she's so sympathetic, you're just like, Oh my god, like my heart's breaking for this poor girl, you know. Um so you gotta give Dorothy a little more credit because she's able to hold her own with uh, Hope and Crosby. And there's her, that's the reason I, John, is she in every one of these, I think? She's Every one of these, and Bob Hope said on a couple different occasions, he, he really thought she was something. And he said, Dorothy Lamour is the bravest actress in Hollywood because she steps out there uh, with me and Crosby, and she has no idea what we're going to come up with ad lib-wise, and she just matches us punch for punch. But she has no idea. We're going to depart from the script every time out. So she's, he said she's just, <laughs> uh, you know, like the heart of steel, you know? Yeah. Yes. And she was the bigger star. When this movie was made, she was the bigger star. She was built above Bob Hope. So she had her moment. Uh, there's about 10 years there. I'd say like between 37 and 47. She was a huge star. She's just not thought of much these days, but she could do it all. She was beautiful. She could sing. Um, and, you know, when she was ducking movies, she went on the road and like a whole like musical actor, you know. So, um, yeah, I hope just thought she was the greatest. And what's really fucked up is the last movie, Road to, uh, to Hong Kong, uh, Crosby was kind of fucked up about it. He says, I think we should get a younger leading lady. Even though him and Hope, they were like pushing, <laughs> they were like pushing, you know, 60. And uh, Hope said, so he says, I think we should get a younger leading lady. And Hope said, I won't do it without Dorothy Lamore, so forget it. So they had to strike a compromise. They, they, they cast a very young Joan Collins to play... Uh, you know, to play the female love interest, but they worked uh, Dorothy Lamour in there because Hope said, this is fucked up. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not going to do it. You, you, you uh, don't put her in the movie. I'm not going to do it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And yet he still did brown face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can you say? John, what can you say? Patrick's, how. Patrick's not going to let him have it. Uh, John. Oh, like, what, I, what I love, uh, I love that Patrick is said he would have given it a 10 before that scene came up. All I I'm saying is, you have yeah. tarnished Bing Crosby for me again. Yeah, he he's done it himself. He's done it himself. I know. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, speaking of tarnishing, he'll tarnish his kids' hides when he gets out of this makeup. Hey, hey there, Porky. Yeah. I'm gonna- <laughs> I know. When are we going to watch the Swooner Crooner? Very hey simple, Porky. Very hey simple, Porky. Let me take a. Let me take a whack at these slip chicks. Hey there, Porky. Uh, John, what do you give uh, Road to uh, Road to uh, Singapore? Uh, I give it a seven. It's yeah, it's got its problems. This to me is not the funniest of the road pictures, but it's the first, so it's the template. And they do that patty cake bit in every movie, so you know they said we're on to something here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I give it a seven. Uh, as we go down the road to these other movies, I I go much higher. Okay. I'm going to give this one a uh, 
Uh, this is about a yeah. It's hard to get past that scene. Um, oh. I like it otherwise, so it's gonna get a five. It's gonna get a five. It's gonna get a five for me. One more time. Uh, cinco. Sunk. Hmm. I see. I want this episode to be called Disappointment. It's gonna be called Brownface. No, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> going to be called Mario Brown Faces. Uh, you know what? I, I, I forgot you were going to say Road to Brown Face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is um, I forgot all about that scene, so I thought everyone's complaint about that movie was that it wasn't funny. <laughs> I was prepared no, for everyone to say, I just thought everyone was going to say, eh, it's kind of corny, not funny. I, I forgot all about that scene. <laughs> I watched it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's rough. It's a rough. And like, like Patrick said, it sucks because it's, you're having a good time until then, you know, you're yeah, kind of, you really are. You know, you know, it's not wearing a brown face is uh, a man named Jerry Colonna. <laughs> no, he's just beating women. No, he's not. No. That's no, that, Anthony that, that, Quinn. No, sorry, that was, that's Anthony <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> oh, uh, but, but Anthony Quinn will be in brown face when he plays, uh, uh, um, um, uh, is it Viva Zapata? No, well, that, well, he was half Mexican, Anthony Quinn, but he plays. Um, okay. he, he plays. Um, um, I can't think of his name. In Twenty Nine Scars, I have gotten well, in battle. Arabia. Yeah, when he says, uh, "I'm I'm a river to my people," he's playing brownface there because he's, uh, he's playing an, an Arabic character. Uh, but yeah, fun. Hollywood is fun. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's always that that fun kind of racism. Um, not the crazy volatile kind we have uh, brewing in this country now, but uh, back when it was America, back when it was fun, guys. Uh, you know I'm kidding. It was never fun. I hope uh, someone out there is going to hear me say that and go, "That guy said racism was fun." Um, <laughs> All people are going to remember. And you'll say that was out of context. You took my words out of context. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys. Uh, you know, it was kind of funny because when I I didn't mean to do it as a double feature, but when when that scene came up, I go, well, at least <laughs> we'll have. At least well, they were together. At least they were together. We'll have something to talk about. It'll it'll be at a focal point. But I think it's important to talk about this stuff. I mean, um, you know, this is this is like John said. It, it happens a lot in movies from this era. So, um, yeah. fortunately, not too many that we're going to watch, but, uh, there are movies like, you know, where, where, where we kind of tackle it. We talked about that with the searchers with John Wayne, where it's this movie that's grappling with racism at the same time you have, uh, white people playing uh, native Americans. So it's yeah. kind of a weird, even when they were trying to say something about it, they couldn't get out of it. Um, cause you know? the U S because yeah. <laughs> it's such a, it's, 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 it's <laughs> don't, don't we know it's such a problematic, it's, it's been, you know, it's, like our friend Tony says, it's in the it's in the bones, it's in the roots, it's in the roots of the country, and so it's 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 in our bones, and it's, it's hard. The, to, yeah, it's in the DNA. Yeah, the problem was baked in. Yeah, I mean, they always that was the original sin. Yeah, there were the country. There were slaves here before there was the United States, so you know, it, uh, it it's baked in, and so it's it's hard to get that stuff out. But we're working on it, and hopefully we're getting better and better, and and uh, it's good to be aware of it. And I don't mind us talking about it from time to time because we, you know, it does need to be discussed. Uh, also, guys, check out uh, our friend Tony's podcast. It's on YouTube. You can find it. It's called your uh, your favorite 
movie is racist and it's um these are movies that they love that are problematic they're movies that they like they discuss good the bad the ugly they discuss all kinds of movies where you know we, they talk about in john aliens you know the character of vasquez being played by you know a woman who's not latina you know and stuff like that but they love that movie so that's a are great you gonna get a call are you gonna get a call from tawny saying hey you ripped off my show. <laughs> no, but uh, she has invited me to be on uh, on her show. She wanted me to be on the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly episode, and I couldn't do it that week. Um, I was really sad about it because that's one of my all-time favorites. And it's also, you know, we're, we're talking about it now. So check that out. It's uh, They're under the name. The name of the YouTube channel is uh, Two Blacks and a Mexican. and uh, But the, the show is called Your Favorite Movie's Racist. And they... Great discussion every time. Um, so check them out. Shout out for them. Guys, I love you all. Are you okay? You guys want to hug it out? I'm just going to go cry in a corner. No, you're, you're going to be okay. Cause how, next, do you, how do you hug on them? Because next week we have the Maltese Falcon, which is... Uh, I love that Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> how long were you waiting? How long were you waiting in, in the wings to just unleash that, Justine? I was waiting for you to tell me, for me to say the movies. You're adorable, and uh, and we got uh, Sullivan's Travels next week, so that'll be nice. It's like a it's like a road movie without Hope and Crosby, and um, I think it's our only appearance of the lovely Veronica Lake. I think, and uh, I think it's our, is it our first Preston Sturgis movie? It is. I think it's the only Preston Sturgis movie, and it's also I think. Oh no. We'll have one one more movie featuring Joel McRae before this is all said and done. Right on. And it's not the Palm Beach story, John. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, well. All right, Can't guys. have everything. All right, guys. <laughs> so next week, I hope to finish up Wonder Woman 84 and have that review in. Uh, we'll have some more discussion. <laughs> we'll have some more discussion on uh, Wonder Woman 84 and uh, WandaVision for sure. We're gonna we're gonna be doing uh, we're gonna be doing Wandavision. So, uh, anybody else watching anything or anything? Anyone want to rec- make any quick recommendations before we wrap it up? Nope. All right. Yeah. All right, Jake. Always a pleasure to see you. Thank you for your video services today, uh, Patrick. You look great. Justine. Look Justine always lovely. It's the ceiling. She's AFK. <laughs> She's AFK. And a, and a hand. Uh, John, always great to see you, my man. Always great to see you, John. I wanted to tell you, real quick, if any, if there's any fans of the uh, of uh, Buster Keaton, his last movie, The Cameraman, is running on the Criterion uh, channel right now, and there are some documentaries, uh, including one by John right. Bengston, uh, who did the book, the book Silent Echoes. He goes over some of the locations, and then there's that documentary, uh, John, called. Um, Oh, it was it the was Great Buster. No, it was the one they did. I think Turner did it. It's the it's the story oh, of his, to follow. No, it's the story of his years at MGM. It's like that little forty minute okay. with with um, it's laugh so funny it hurts so funny it hurts. Uh, Buster's years there at MGM, go. and it you know it covers the whole his kind of declining years. But uh, but if you have the Criterion Channel, check that out. The cameraman is probably his last great and silent movie. I, uh, and yeah, I think they just put it out on Blu-ray too. So, um, yeah, it's wonderful. I, I, it blows my mind every time I see that one. You know, 
Uh, it's funny. You're right. It's his last great one. And if that's the only Buster Keaton movie you saw, you'd still go, wow. How'd he do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So check that out. It's on the Criterion channel. If you have the Criterion channel, uh, check that out. All right. So, hey, we get to have a new sign-off. We don't have to say it anymore. So uh, our, new si- power. Our, our, our new sign-off is going to be Unity. That's our new. <laughs> That's our new sign. She come up with something else. <laughs> Unity. It's of course a. How about you'll be swell? You'll, you'll be, be great. great. My dog is still howling from Lady Gaga's performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ingratiating yeah, myself. I'm not ingratiating myself with her fan. We'll be back next week, guys. We're going to cover two movies: Sullivan's Travels and Sullivan's Travels and. Uh, the Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Falcon. Great film noir classic. Actually, kind of John people kind of say it invented film noir. Uh so we'll have to we'll have to look at that next week. So until next time, Justine had to sign off uh sometime ago, a minute ago or two. Uh so for Patrick, for Jake, for Justine, and for John, uh we say you, he's throwing it up. He's saying we're he's saying Just- Fight to power, but we're going to say we don't. Well, we do. We we always, of course, fight to power, but we're trying to put on a something a little more optimistic. So we're going to say unity, and this transmission ends now. <laughs>